Welcome to Parody and Subversion in Matthew's Gospel. This is part B of episode 8, which was cut short for the sake of the elect. See Matthew 24:22. In part A, we saw Jesus call his first disciples. In part B, we will see Jesus accumulate a wide international following and launch a powerful campaign of healing to establish the new society, the kingdom of heaven on earth. From a literary standpoint, this campaign of healing will be highly symbolic and possibly a very serious parody of more conventional military campaigns. It will offer a powerful alternative to the worldly logic of violence and domination. My name is Bert Newton, and this is Episode 8B of Parody and Subversion in Matthew's Gospel. Let's read verses 23 to 25 of chapter 4. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all the sick, those who were afflicted with various diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, and paralytics, and he cured them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. So Jesus teaches in their synagogues. Now to us, that sounds like he enters into Jewish places of worship and teaches in a religious setting. But synagogues were not merely religious organizations as they are today. What is likely meant here is a local governmental body, the town meeting in each town or village. Richard Horsley, a Bible scholar at the University of Massachusetts, describes synagogues in first-century Israel as a form of both self-governance and communal political and religious life. Horsley describes the functions of the synagogue this way. He writes, The local village assembly had a handful of officers who presided at meetings, took care of collecting and distributing goods for the destitute, administered beatings ordered by the local courts established on an ad hoc basis by the assemblies, and attended, for example, to construction projects of the local assembly, waterworks, etc. That was what a synagogue was. It was the assembly for local governance in the towns and villages. And it was fairly democratic, which is why Jesus and Matthew finds it useful to spread his message. Jesus was going through the towns and villages of Galilee, spreading the good news of the new society in the town and village assemblies. Now, I use the term new society to dynamically translate the kingdom of heaven for two reasons. One is that the term kingdom was the term commonly used for nation-states or empires in antiquity in that part of the world. It denoted a particular people ruled by a particular king. The kingdom of heaven, or kingdom of God, 
a term also used in Matthew and the term used exclusively in the other Gospels of the New Testament. This term indicated a people ruled by heaven or by God, but not by a human king. This kingship only by heaven or by God will be described more fully when Jesus teaches about the kingdom of heaven. Which brings me to the second reason for translating kingdom of heaven as the new society. Jesus' teaching lays out a sort of law or Torah for the new society, which strongly suggests that this thing is supposed to exist on earth, not just up in heaven or in the far-off future. He also teaches his disciples to pray for the kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, the kingdom of heaven that is near is the social order of heaven that is coming to earth to replace the existing oppressive social order, and it will be realized in the present by those who follow these teachings. One way to think about this is that the kingdom of heaven is the new society lived out by the community of those who follow the teachings about the new society. And then Jesus starts healing people. Now, we all know what that's about, don't we? He's doing miracles to prove that he is God or the Messiah, right? Oh, and of course, he cares about people. Well, there's a lot more to it than that. Jesus' work of healing is significant for four reasons. One, the healing of the diseased and disabled is, according to the prophets, a sign of liberation from imperial oppression. For example, Isaiah 35 celebrates the end of the Babylonian oppression by singing, Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. Through the work of healing, Jesus again fulfills the visions of the prophets for liberation from foreign oppression. Healing literarily signals the end of oppression and the dawning of a new society. Two, through healing, Jesus actually reverses the effects of the empire. Because of severe food shortages caused by the greed of the ruling elites, hunger and malnutrition were widespread among the common people resulting in high levels of disease and disability. By healing these diseases and disabilities, Jesus is reversing the effects of the empire. Again, within the story of Matthew, the healing work of Jesus signals the end of oppression and the dawning of a new society. Number three, by healing the masses, Jesus is providing a service that is usually charged for and to which poor people have little access. Now, when we read of Jesus' healings, we tend to think that Jesus is doing miracles. But in a mostly pre-scientific society, this was simply the way healing was often done. While we do find the beginnings of modern medicine in antiquity, it was mostly only accessible to the elites. And even then it was not completely separate from the type of healing that we might think of as miraculous or magic. 
and it was normally done for a fee, whereas Jesus does it for free. He will later teach others to heal, so it turns into not only providing free health care, but being essentially a campaign for universal free health care. And really, it's more than that. It's people awakening to their own power. The people begin to actualize their power to heal each other. And any time that an oppressed people start to have power to liberate themselves, the oppressors feel their power and privilege threatened. This power to heal will be challenged by the authorities. And finally, number four, Jesus' campaign for a new society will be marked by healing instead of killing. Most liberators liberated through violence, through military campaigns. Jesus liberates through healing. As he organizes his movement in Galilee, he will heal people. When he goes into Gentile territory, he will heal people. And when he finally takes his movement down to Judea and marches on Jerusalem, he will heal people. His march on Jerusalem will entail imagery to remind the audience of David and Joshua's marches on Jerusalem. But those were marches of conquest. Jesus' march will be one of liberation, in which he will bring his work of healing to the socio-political center of Israelite society, the temple in Jerusalem. We are told in this passage that Jesus' message of the new society is spreading beyond the bounds of Israel. Matthew states that people from Syria, the Decapolis, which is the ten Greek cities, and those beyond the Jordan are coming to him. His movement for a new society has already become a transnational movement. So let's recap. Hearing of John's arrest by Herod Antipas, Jesus withdraws into the heart of Antipas's jurisdiction to organize a peasant movement, and he begins preaching John's message. Jesus begins proclaiming John's message of the dawning of the new society. He then begins his campaign of healing. This campaign of healing signals the end of oppression in two ways. Number one, by reversing the dire health effects that result from severe food shortages engineered by the imperial economy, and two, by fulfilling the prophetic texts that use imagery of such healings to portray liberation from foreign empires and the dawning of a new world. Jesus will take this campaign straight to the heart of his society. Jesus' campaign for a new world starts with a peasant movement of healing rather than a military campaign by elites. It is, on one level, a parody of those military campaigns. At the same time, it is a very serious campaign to transform society. My name is Bert Newton, and this has been Episode 8B of Parody and Subversion in Matthew's Gospel.